Well, I see we have flyers now. It says, I'm going to criticize your Spanish. You, oh, you say you didn't do it? It says, Habrá comida deliciosa y la piñata más grande del mundo. It's good. But I want, I want to see whose picture they use. So, Brother Lewis is too black. For this, this thing, the piñata is too colorful. Brother Glenn is too pale. Where's, where, where's Brother Rafi? No, no, Brother Rafi. I think it kind of looks like Brother Rafi when he smiles, the burrito. But, uh, I know. I should take these CDs and sell them out of my trunk. Bootleg, bootleg CDs. Well, I do got a joke for you. I don't know if um, you people are into jokes. I am. But uh, I found the, the best way to lose weight. How many, how many of you guys think I've, I've lost a little weight since you last saw me up here? Uh, a year. Now nobody run downstairs to the nurse, to the nursery, all laughing downstairs. You know what's the best way to lose weight? Buy a scale that lies to you. That's the best way to lose weight. <laughs> yeah, I know you wouldn't. It's a cheap old baby joke, but uh, oh well. Nobody got it. That's the whole point. It's a, I got it off one of these bum joke sites. So, Actually, the Muppet Babies. So, <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> and I hope so, too. I, I don't know. I'm just... This is what I see up here. Now we got a thermometer up here. That's... This one to tell the boys when to go get water for, for the preaching man, I guess. But um, let's open up your Bibles to Proverbs. You'll be surprised. You, since I think it was about 16 when I started reading the Bible. Every time I read Proverbs, all the time, no, no fail. I, it's like you get one level... Uh, Higher than what you thought before on Proverbs. You thought, oh, I read Proverbs. Now I now I know wisdom. Every time you read it, you get you you see something else. It's like, wait a minute, I didn't see that last time. How come I didn't see that uh, last time? But uh, the Book of Proverbs, try it, it. Besides whatever else you read, just read Proverbs. You'll be surprised what you learn in life. Just just by reading Proverbs, you you could actually see the future. You see all these uh, psychics. Oh, I can tell you, you could see the future. No lie, you could see the future just by reading Proverbs. They sell books, the mysteries of the Bible. That there's secret codes in the Bible. Just read Proverbs. It you could see the future. But um, what's the purpose in life? Mr. Hyde, if, if somebody were to tell you right now, what's the purpose of a Christian? Or what's, the, what's your purpose of being a Christian? What's the importance of... of being a Christian in this life. Uh, anybody else see see the different? You're, let's say we. What's your purpose as a Christian in this life? Let's say you live over forty years as a Christian. Say you start off at twenty. At let's say you're at forty. Somebody ask you, what's, what's the purpose of being a Christian? What does God expect of you, Brother Andy? Seek and save that which is lost. 
that's how I view it. I think that my point of view was, all right, in life, you're born, you get saved, you just be a witness, you die. Just, just be a testimony and die. But we have work as a Christian. What, what kind of work? Just, just witnessing those 40 years? You, you would put uh, witnessing at the very top, being a Christian, correct? When I, when I saw Proverbs, it, I was like, wait a minute. This, I, I have to change my point of view because God is harping as we grow. God is harping on something else. But we, we know, wait a minute, we got we to gotta witness so, how much of a witnessing verses are in the Bible? You won't, fi- you won't find a whole chapter on just witnessing. That's what astonished me. Like, wait a minute. Our purpose is to witness. So, I'm, I was trying to figure out, wait a minute. Why does God spend so much time on this other stuff? There's more, I think there's more verses on controlling how you eat than there is on, on witnessing. But that's where comprehension comes in. What does God want you to do with what he has told you to do? And we'll get into that as we go on. So hopefully, we're going to read seven chapters of Proverbs. So get ready. What time is it? Okay. I hope nobody left the crock pot at home cooking because we're going to be here a while. Don't worry, I'll read fast. Proverbs chapter 1. Let's begin in prayer. Lord, thank you for uh, uh, this day, Lord. I ask for your blessing upon this message that uh, that you have given me, showed me, Lord, that I can share with others, Lord, that it will be a blessing, Lord, for all your kingdom's work, Lord, and for your will to be done in our lives. Lord, we ask for your blessing upon this service. We ask this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So let's start off. The, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity, to give subtlety to the simple, to the young man knowledge and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall retain unto wise counsels. To understand the proverb. And the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So, as Proverbs begin, verse 7 starts it off, the very first thing we need to know, the fear of the Lord. Without the fear of the Lord, you, you won't have knowledge. Now, it goes on. It's a progression. The moment you start reading Proverbs, you're going to start learning, all right? You start off here, but then you start growing, all right? Now, I get this concept. Then it gets switched. The fear of the Lord is instruction, understanding. But wait a minute. I thought it was knowledge. It's because the only way you're going to get it is if you grow. You're going to be learning upon it, all right? I understand what God says here. Then, oh, now I understand why he's saying instruction and wisdom. Let's go on. The, it never shocked me before, but I never paid attention to this. But uh, he kept saying, my son, I was like, I already know it, that we're supposed to teach the kids. How else are your own children supposed to know? Verse, uh, verse 8, my son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. So... Right away, after this, after verse 7, he, he starts saying, my son. Now, it hit me. How old do you think this child is right now as his father is teaching him? And I always thought the kid is probably like 7, 8 years old. The father's teaching him, son, don't do this, don't do that. Pay attention to this. But 
our perception in, in Christianity, those that are saved, those, those that are a child of God, we're, I don't think we have, um, you, it could be the strictest church, oh, they don't wear makeup, the, the, the collars are all the way up to here, the women, the skirts are all the way, like five feet from them. You got you got to have the strictest the strictest rules, but that's not what God wants us to understand. That's not what God wants us to learn. What He wants us to learn is just this simple instruction, this simple fear. We could have the strictest rules in in Christianity and say. Oh, I, I'm a Christian, and this is how I show my beliefs. But this is not what God is showing here. What God is showing here as a Christian is that we understand what he's saying. So as a church, we could have the strictest rules. But we... Like, I don't know what it is, but we just like to follow what uh, the norm is. We don't, you know what? We're not like Joshua. I'm going to do this, me and my house, we're going to do this. This is how God wants us to do it. Because in Christianity, I've seen... Things, one family might do it, another family might do it, but in reality, what, what base do we have in the Bible, as a basis do, do we have in the Bible to do the things we do? And we're going to get into that. Look at verse 10. Notice what he's telling his son. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If they say, come with us, let us wait for blood. Let us lurk privately for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down to the pit. We shall find all precious substance. We shall fill our houses with spoil. Cast in thy lot among us. Let us all have one purse. My son, walk now thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their path. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they lay wait for their own blood. They lay privately for their own lives. So when, when I first started reading this, uh, you figure as a Christian, this, this is what a son, especially if he's growing up in Chicago, son you got to watch out for these guys over here, those guys standing over here in the street corner. They're bad. This is what they do. Hey, you're wearing the wrong colors, they're going to shoot you. Hey, you figure, oh, this is what God, God knew they were going to be gangs. This is what he wants you to teach your sons. Hey, stay away from this, this crowd. Because all they want to do is mug people. They want to, just for wearing your hat a certain way, they want to kill you. I'm, I'm assuming that's, that's what God wants to teach the kids. So the, I'm thinking, well, this kid, this son has to be, let's say, at least 13, 14 years old, and the father has to teach him this. How many would you, how many would agree that that's about the age a father should start teaching his son about uh, these kinds of people. Or even younger. For younger, right? You would, you, how many would say it would, the, the kid's not, the kid's at least 24 years old? You know, nobody would assume that. I never would assume that. It. It, it's not at 24 years old. <clears throat> 
uh, Proverbs chapter 2. My son, again, the, fa the father, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yeah, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and shall find the knowledge of God. Again, we see my son. What kind of father is it? Harping on the kid. Don't you think? This is what I thought. Wait a minute. If, if the father has the wisdom to teach the son, let's say when he was 12, 8 years old, about the kids down the block, the kids hanging around in the corner, the kids out at 12 o'clock at night. Why does he, if he has that wisdom to teach, you know what? That, that's the consistent father. He's looking out for his children. But notice, this, this father keeps telling his son about things in life. He's telling them about riches. Now, I made these questions to my daughter. They looked at me if I, if I was dumb, like if it was different, right? But I make this question to them. If... If somebody were to tell you, here's $50,000, just, just no reason, here's $50,000, who wouldn't use $50,000? I can use 50 bucks right now. 50000 hey! I'll sing and dance for 50000 Depending on what kind of music, all right? But, you go, you go, we, we say, oh yeah, we acknowledge this. It's important. Oh yeah, we need to study. Oh yeah, we uh, we need to have integrity. Somebody's offering you fifty thousand dollars. Here's fifteen thousand dollars. Just do this little job. But God is saying, here's wisdom and instruction. What what is he saying? That if thou that Thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and incline thine heart to understanding. Don't we do that for everything we do? If thou seekest her as silver, how hard do you, I mean, how hard do you really work to seek after God? It's that simple. I mean, the, the reason I'm saying this is because, all right, riches. God is saying it's better than riches. We consider riches to be, let's say, minimum. At least any dumb person would consider $50,000 riches. If not, you're dumb. I'm telling you. $50,000 is rich. Not a million. I'm just saying minimum. $50,000. Without argument. Yeah, that's, that's riches. God is saying, what I have is better than $50,000. We don't believe that. How hard do we really work? How hard do you really work at being at what God wants you to be? We don't believe it. We don't believe God. We're lying to ourselves. Because notice what God is saying here in Proverbs. God is saying, if you would believe me, I have something better than $50,000. Yes, and right now I'm trying everything. You know that uh, publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes? I've never, ever paid attention to the garbage. But, hey, when you need money, you know what? I think that's legit. I'll, let me get into that. But God is saying, I have something better. When do, when do we take God at, at His word for this? Study. Work. Seek. Seek as they will serve. You go to your neighbors. You go to your neighbors. You, we as Christians, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, give me that wisdom, man. Yeah. Put it to $50,000 out. 
I want that wisdom. I want that understanding. I want what God says is better. That's what we say, or I think that's what we say. That's what I used to think. But we go to our neighbors. Listen, we go to our neighbors. Hey, um, do you really know want to know the love or, or the mercy of God, or you want fifty thousand dollars? What do you think they're going to say? You'll be stupid to say if they want to know about God, they want to give me the fifty thousand dollars. I mean, you're showing it to them. Just like when you go knocking on doors, soul winning. Because I'm going to use this point later on. When you go witness and you take your Bible. I recently got out with my daughter, took my Bible. Now, if I stand in front of the person, do you really want to know about the, the love, mercy of God, the riches that he has, or do you want this $50,000? They're going to snatch the $50,000 into the door. Hey, I would do that right now. And I, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'll do that right now. <laughs> that, that's how people are. They, they'll take the money. But we're, we're God's people. But do we take God seriously when he says, I, I have something better? This is the father telling the son. This is, this is better than what this world has to offer. Let's go on. What else this father has to say? Notice he's first of all, this father's harping to the son about the people that in his block. Let's put it present day time. He's telling them about the gangbangers down the block. He's telling them. He's telling his son about the riches of God compared to the riches of this world. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Verse 6, Proverbs 2, verse 7. He lays up some wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk it up rightly. He keepeth the path of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. So God is saying he will take care of you. I believe God. I believe since I was a teenager. I was a little bit after 14 when I, when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And when I started reading the Word of God, hey, I know why this happened. God trying to teach me something. Hey, God protected me here. He will protect you, regardless of what goes on in this world. And this is important. He will protect you regardless of what goes on in this world. Let's go on. Chapter 3. What do you think he's going to start off with? My son. Man, this father ain't got nothing but it. You think you're after your kids. They did not tell you to clean the room. They did not tell you to go clean the yard. They did not tell you to go pick that up. As parents, that, that's, that's what I constantly have to do. And, and, your, and your daughters, your children... Your son, what do they do? Oh, okay. now what does he want? But you got this guy over here in the Bible. My son, my son, my son. Like, wait a minute. This guy is, these are the words of life. It supposedly, us that are saved, it's impacting our lives. It's, oh, wow, man. This is good for me. But if you play it out in your life, your children, even you yourself as you were growing up, oh, man, now what they, they want me to go to the store, now what they want. This father is teaching his son good things, godly things, powerful things. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody when I was growing up, up until the age of 16, nobody told me, hey, what God has is better what this world has to offer. Now, I wanted a Ferrari. I, I dream of having a Ferrari. Oh, well, nobody told me, hey, what God has better is 
At five years old, I did get told there was gold in heaven. The streets were uh, made of gold in heaven. But I was like, oh, wow. But I wanted stuff. Like, but nobody told me, hey, what God has to offer is better than that stupid Ferrari. And here you have a father telling us these things. Do we apply it in our lives and say, wait a minute. What do we have to do as parents? Proverbs chapter 3. Thanks, Danny, for the water. I, I didn't even want it, but now I do. My son, forget not my law, but, the, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. That's another message in itself. Just that verse alone. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Fear the Lord. Be not wise. I probably told you this before, but my these girls are probably sick to death about hearing it. At age 11, I'm not lying to you. At age 11, I'm not exaggerating. At age 11, I thought I knew all the answers to life. I was like, well, you could solve that problem easily just by doing this. At age 11, all of the Reagan years, just saw uh, Lebanon on the news all day and Israel uh, getting bombarded or shooting rockets. That's all you saw, the Middle East. But like, well, you could solve the problem just by doing this. <clears throat> That's at age 11. And every, all the news reporters, man, we can't, nobody knows the peace solution to get these two people to agree on this and this and this and this. At the age of 16, I was reading the, the Word of God, and it just hit me. And this is from coming home, doing what Proverbs chapter 1, was the father was warning the son about. Coming home, I used to, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, used to go home, then just, just sit there. I had the Bible there before I went to bed. I was like, well, let me see what God has uh, for me today. That's when I used to read the Bible. So I was reading, and in this 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm reading, and I'm, yeah, and the, and the reason I mentioned about this, this father warning his son about uh, the kids down the block, and how Christianity, we just fall into uh, this thing, oh, well, we only tell our kids at a certain age. Then we stop thinking maybe they'll figure it out when they're 14, uh, give them some advice. Even after 18, well, they're their own persons. I'm, I don't think so. I think you tell your son, I don't care if they're 54, the father should always tell hey, that's, that's a dumb move you're making. We think, oh, hey, they're already married. They have their own kids. We shouldn't butt in. That, that's, that's why I reread Proverbs. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is what uh, God is. Just because they become 18, that you shouldn't tell, continue telling them harping to them as when they were little. We just assume, oh, maybe I shouldn't say anything on a certain situation. You don't find that. You, you don't find that. And we're going to keep seeing the problem. But I'm coming home 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Trust me, I've I seen things. And in, just like in Christianity, all oh, day, people... Expect just because people got color hair or spiky hair, 
you're supposed to get shocked. It's like, seriously, I'm, I'm over here putting guns in people's heads. And you wanted me to get shocked just because somebody had colored hair. It's like, seriously, what kind of Christ, Christian are you? I'm coming home from doing this kind of stuff. Two, three o'clock in the morning. I'm sitting down. I'm picking up my Bible and I'm reading. Then I realize one thing. Remember, at 11, I thought I was the smartest person in the world because I was like, you could easily fix that problem just by doing this. I even told myself, why don't people just, I'll give them the answer for free. They don't have to pay. I'll just give you the answer. Look, it's simple. You can fix the problem just by doing this. Reading the Word of God, I literally told myself, I don't know what I was reading. I knew it was between Genesis and, and Deuteronomy. I know that much. I was like, I'm one stupid idiot. Literally, the reason I told me that because I remember what I thought at age 11. Oh, I have the answers. I have the answers to life. It's, life is so simple. Once I started reading the Word of God, I was like, wait a minute. I don't know nothing. Over here, God says, do not touch my people. Don't mess with my people. And in, in my philosophy was, well, if that's all they want, and you say you want peace, then just give them the land. Then that's when I realized, you know what? Eh, you shouldn't mess with the Israelites. You shouldn't mess with God's people. And I was like, I'm one stupid idiot. Trust me, you would have... Before I got shot, between 14 and the day I got shot, if you would have even just dared some stupid to me, it would not be good for you. So I'm actually realizing this. I'm one real stupid idiot. So I had to not only re I'm already saved, but I didn't know what to do with my salvation. I'm just reading, reading. All right, when, when I find a church, this is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm just still waiting for a church. So I'm re-examining my life. I was like, man, what else am I going to have to change my thinking about? So let's, let's go on. Chapter 4. What's it going to start off with? Hear ye children, the instruction of a father. Again! I mean, Danny, how many times does your mother call you a day to come do something? A lot. Do you ever say, oh, man, again? Last week we were playing basketball, brother, getting every five minutes. Hey, kids! Hey, kids! Like, all right, man, do you want us to rebuild the church or something? Let's finish the game here. But they were cleaning up the church. He wanted help. Like every five minutes, he seen Brother Glenn was coming out. Hey, we need we need you guys for this. Hey, we need you guys for this. Everybody's like, again. Everybody turning around. We're over here waiting for the pass. And then I was like, hey, kid. Oh, man, now, now what? You can see everybody's, everybody's playing over here. Everybody's waiting for the pass. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey kid. Oh, man, again. Like, But you have this father over here. Hear ye children, again this guy. And notice, he has what's best for us. This father has the instruction what is best for us. But, how are we taking that? I'm, I'm, you could be judging, how old are you, 60? 40? How old are you, 40? 40? Even at 40 years old. <laughs> we, you think, oh, at eight, eight years old, they should still listen to me. If not, I'm going to bust out the paddle. 
But at 18 years old, we figure, oh, they, I, I got to be careful how I talk to him. I got to talk to him in adult because here you have this individual. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attempt to no understanding. For I, for I give you good doctrine, forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments and live. Get, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth, forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she shall uh, promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. Let, let's skip to, notice what, what he's saying about instruction and wisdom. Now, there's some about... Um, about our sin nature. Now let's let's take a look at uh, stuff that happens in life. Look, look at verse fourteen. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. For they sleep. Not except they have done mischief and their sleep is taken away unless they cause them to fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. So, in our lifetime, we're supposed, in Matthew chapter 18, it tells us, go on to all nations and to teach people to observe what God Christ had commanded us. There's not a whole chapter as this. So you got we gotta warn our kids about wicked wicked people. When they're little and when they're as old as judges. Sixty you said? Sixty. We're supposed to give instruction, whether they're 8 or 80 years old. That's, that's wickedness. Now, let's go to, um, uh, notice what it said in, in uh, chapter 2. Go down to uh, verse, 15, verse 16. Yeah, Proverbs chapter 2, verse 16. To deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words. So, do you still think this father is teaching the son between 8 and 18 years old? You don't think it's older? He's talking about a woman. He's warning the son about a woman. You figure, oh, this, this father just, just tell him, this woman, you shouldn't. Uh, get married with that's chapter 2 chapter 3 chapter 4 chapter 5 let's go to chapter 5 notice again my son attend unto my wisdom and bow thine ears to my understanding that's a lot of work How much, how much work? How many here are parents? How much work have you put into your child? I mean, you, t- you tell them all oh, what's right and what's wrong. But how much time have you put into your child telling them about the prostitutes or the gangbangers? This is what this father's doing. He goes into detail. You start off in chapter 2, you go into uh, chapter 7. He don't stop talking about a woman. 
I've always noticed it, but I never noticed. Wait a minute. Why is it important to keep talking about this woman? You figure once, twice, maybe even three times. But in Proverbs, from chapter 2 to chapter 7, how many times do you, do you see about that woman? You figure, well, if you're that type of guy, if you're that type of father that's diligent, I mean, not only twice, three times, this father kept harping on the same issue for his son. And what struck me was like, wait a minute, all right, if he was diligent to do it twice, to constantly teach him about different ways how stuff happens in life, then he must have a pretty good home. He shouldn't have to worry. In Christianity, I think, we think, oh, we, we shouldn't really, as long as we talked about it, we're, we put things in check. Hey man, this father, from chapter 2 to chapter 7, he's dealing about the subject about a slanderous woman. And slander not talking about somebody, I mean, a woman that's just out there. Verse 5. Again, remember he starts off, my son, that, verse 2, that thou mayest regard discretion and that thy lips may keep knowledge for the lips of a strange woman drop as an honeycomb. And her mouth is smoother than oil. So he's telling him, this is how she operates. Notice that he was talking about the wicked. Guys that are just wicked. There's going to be people around you that are wicked. Not only guys, we, oh, all that pure, sweet, innocent, uh, Bambi looking girl, she ain't going to do me no harm. He keeps warning her, him about her. We think, oh, stay away from the guy that looks like this, is ready to rob you, got pistols hanging on the side of him, cigarette, beer, cigarette in his mouth, beer in the other. No, he's, notice he's talking about a woman that, oh, oh, hi, how are you today? Notice this father takes the time to talk to his son about this type of woman. Not once, not twice, not three times, not four times. Wait a minute. Don't you think after like the third time, this guy is should have everything locked down? So this, I don't think this father is teaching his son not only from eight years old. I don't think it's just till he's 18. Because if we go on, Proverbs chapter 6. <clears throat> verse 24. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, lust not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with thy eyelids. Now remember, we already know the guys, the guys got a beard in one hand. Pistol on the side, and a cigarette on the other. The father, watch out for this guy. But he's also telling the son, watch out for the woman that, oh, how, how, how are you? Wow, you lifted that up all by yourself. Wow, you're strong. The guy, oh, yeah, you think so? Yeah, I've been working out a little. I mean... This father is going all out. What are, What do you think the son is? You think the son is like, oh man, not again, daddy. This is a beautiful girl. Leave her alone already. You don't know her. You're judging. Thou shall not judge. Hey, it's the father's job. Hey, I want you to remember this. This is how they operate. 
Don't you think the children get? Oh man, they get they get fed up when we tell them to keep clean up the rooms. You don't think they're gonna get fed up with the important things in life? How about us? We're the parents. And we're supposed to produce the next generation of Christians. Well, how many times does God tell you something? And you're like, oh, man. I don't have to go all far on that. But I don't have to give him his Big Mac, man. He will need that Big Mac. Do you keep your word? I'm serious. I'm just... Do you keep your word at what you promised? Yeah, you did it. You couldn't come through. Oh, man. I'll, I'll help you move that day. That day comes. You couldn't be there. But do you try to make it up for, to the individual? Do you get fed up? Do you do the same thing to God as your children do when you tell them to go do something? Notice what this father's harping to his kid about. The people that surround him and a girl. That's a lot of work. And wh- why do why am I saying this about so many? Proverbs seven. Look look at this. My my son. Again, my son. I think there's two or three verses in the Bible. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. The reason I was asking about how do you view your Christianity, what does it consist of? I mean, you live 40 years as a Christian. What's the majority going to be? Oh, the majority, is the majority going to be so winning? Notice, I want you to notice how God works in His Word. He mentions it, how many, I think there's like three verses in Proverbs that talk about soul winning. That's one. Notice everything else. If you start reading from chapter 2 to chapter 7, what he talks about the strange one. There's a reason God says study to show thyself approved. Folks, we have to live this life. How are we going to do it? It's right there. We should be so winning. I'm just, give me 10 more minutes. I'm saying this. Why so winning? It has to do with these verses in, in Proverbs about my son. Because God's fascinating. Look, look, notice what I just got out of this. We have to live life. How are we going to live it? I mean, the reason I'm saying so when is because as you're living life, you, you, in your, God doesn't have to keep telling you about it. It, it should be an instant. Win souls. But guess what? To win souls, we still have to, we have to live life. We have to watch out for these things that affect us. The reason is, we as Christians, we get, uh, as, long, as long as we, we keep part with what Christianity is supposed to be, oh, I don't dress that bad, oh, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't, uh, Matthew chapter 17, we have, to, we have to win souls, Matthew chapter 17.
Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and off into the water. And I brought him to, to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. How many... I'm done. Since I was 14, I have yet to hear a message. And I've heard message on demonic influences, but I have never heard somebody say, you're going to be facing actual demons. What are you going to do? So notice this father, this was fascinating. This father is concerned about his son with with the people. So it has to be important because all the Proverbs, notice all the chapters that we just slightly covered. My son, my son, my son. About a whore. About murderers. And Jesus, Jesus comes about talking about a demon. In Christianity today, how many, how many how many of you have heard a message that you're going to be facing literal demons? I mean, face to face. Has anybody? I haven't. Some 20 years. I haven't. Look at this. So Jesus cast out the devil. Then, then, then came Jesus, verse 19. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and, and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your own belief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as, as great as a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove. And it shall remove. And nothing shall be impossible unto you. How, we, how be it? This kind goeth not out but by prayer and by fasting. I've heard fasting. i heard you need to pray. As a Christian, you need to pray. As, as a Christian, you need to fast. You want things to happen? You want people to, You need to do those things. But how many messages have you heard? You need to fast. You need to be prayed up. Because you're going to see things. How many here have, have seen an actual thing? One. I've seen that thing three times. The first time, I couldn't believe it. I was not on drugs. <coughs> the sickest thing, and you think it's out of the movie, the sickest thing. I, I'm, I'm not, this is not a joke. This, I'm not making this up. I'm saying, yes, I was game banging. I'll say it just like the game banging story. It's it like, the thing was like, five feet from me. It had no head. It had eyes. That thing was smirking. It had no mouth, but I could see it. Inside his head. So I would never ever forget that darkness. It's Unbelievable. Here Jesus is talking about it like nothing. In Matthew you see stories about demons like nothing. Today's Christianity. Oh no, we we don't we don't talk about those things. You don't prepare your children to face demons? Jesus was preparing his disciples. I barely this year started telling my girls, you know what? I've been te- playing with you with kid gloves. I wouldn't even read certain portions of problems with them. Then it hit me one time. This is God's word.
It's not wait to a certain age. No. It's God's word. They need to know this is what goes on around, around about them. God wants us to be prepared. We're actually going to face demons. Actual demons. Not the Mormons, not the JWs, not the Catholics. They're in the flesh. They're controlled by demons. I faced them literally, so what is it to me? Uh, these JWs, these Mormons, they hate God. Oh, my mother died and my father died when I was little. Oh, I lost my family. They grew up hating God. They become Mormons. They, they become Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, Catholics, Buddhists. They're demons. But I'm talking about actual demons. Just what we're reading right now in Matthew. Actual demons. Are you prepared to face an actual demon? Has your parents prepared you for that? What type of Christianity are you with? Notice what Jesus said. This is not good. In order for you to cast those demons out, you have to be fasting. You have to be praying. Back when I saw these demons, I wasn't fasting. I was praying. I was trying to seek after God. If anything, the demons ran from me. I was just not like, this can't be real. Just like I'm not. I, I wasn't into drugs. I wasn't into the beer. It just, it wasn't my thing. I was into hamburgers. Trust me, I was in my dime like three times a day. I'm not I was not on drugs. And seeing these things, but it helped me that when I first started reading the Bible, I started in Genesis, and I also wanted to start in the New Testament. I started reading in Matthew. So God gave me some understanding on, on those things. So when I saw the things, I was like, because I thought, oh, this is not my fight. This is going to be my fight later on in life. Right now, I'm just trying to seek after God. Yeah, I'm saved, but I'm just trying to seek after God. I'm seeing demons right now. So I'm like, oh, wow. But I didn't thought it was my fight. What was I going to do to But it would, they would run. They would run from me. You're right with God. These demons, the actual demons, they will flee from you. No lie. I wasn't even fasting. They didn't want nothing to do with me. Three times. So, if you're prepared for the sickest thing in life, because you, you see the supernatural, you think, oh, wow, that was a big... You, you teach your children. You teach yourself. Wait a minute. I'm going to have to be confronting actual demons. You, people leaving the church, people showing their true colors, it won't affect... It won't affect you. It won't shock you because you already know, wait a minute, we're fighting something even stronger. Eric could turn out to be a Mormon. I'm going to be like this. No lie. No lie. So what else is new? Start reading in Matthew. Who's going to be... I always figured... In Matthew, it tells you about the enemies in your own home. Oh, that's when you become saved, you start preaching to them? No. That's even after you start serving God. 
Jesus calls you to leave your wife and children. So I already had that in my mind. It's like, wait a minute. Okay, if, if my wife and children are going to abandon the cause, it shouldn't shock you that anybody else would leave the church or they turn out to be agents of Satan. Just like that, folks. Why? How diligently were you seeking after God's word? Were you just training to be okay? I just got to go to church, uh, bring my children along, be the best Christian I could be? Or are you telling them, hey, did you know maybe at age 14, you're going to face an actual demon? When do you start telling your children that? What? The parents here, the parents that, that raise their hand, how many of you have taught your children that you're gonna, they're going to actual face demons just like Jesus and his disciples? Where's your hand? I barely started because I was like, wait a minute, when am I going to do it? I tell them, like, hey, you girls think this life is just a joke. Oh, you got to wear this. Oh, you, you can't hang around with them. You think this is a joke. This is a sick world. Actual demons, folks. Are you preparing? Now, I'm not talking about the flesh and bones, phony religion, the wannabe Christians, so-called Christians. I'm talking about actual demons. You prepared for that? I, I haven't seen a demon since I was 19. From then on, I, I figured, why? God wanted me to see what he wanted me to see. That's it. I'm not saying I'm strong. It's a demon. That's What's he going to do? He can't terrorize me. If you're saved, you actually got the Holy... They run. I try to get close to them. They would go. So now, now, folks, are you ready? Harping on your children. On yourself. This, just coming to church and oh yeah, maybe I witness to my neighbors. Are you actually prepared for the actual fight? Don't forget, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I start telling my children about the Illuminati and the government. Oh man, please. I don't get into it much, but it's just just this simple fact. If there's going to be an antichrist running the whole world, where do you think he's going to start? You don't think it's already in? It shouldn't shock you what the government is doing. Any government. Saints just going to appear and just take over the world. No, he just like he uses people. He got people in in positions. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. This stuff of just coming to church and all right, I gotta do the Christian thing. How hard do you work harping upon your children? Children, are we listening? Oh, that bad mom, she's just saying hi. He's just saying hi. They don't got no ulterior motives. They can handle simple things in life that, oh, that are obvious. Jesus is, why is he telling his disciples, this cometh not by prayer and fasting? 
So we're never going to face demons? How do you view your Christianity? Just coming to church? Or that you're actually going to confront a demon? I don't know maybe what I would have tried to do. Box him some? Well, I know they, they hate God's word. Amen. So when you when you start debating the demon, this is the only thing that's gonna hurt him. Cause I don't care. You could box like like a professional boxer or wrestle. This is what's gonna slay him. They cringe. You know the word of God, they cringe. So folks, our Christianity, how are we handling it? Like, oh God, again, you're telling me about this subject? Well, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, let's close out in prayer. Brother Glenn.